fall preview weekend registration is open right now. It's open to the first 100 people who register. We are capping this event at 100 people, and registration closes October 15th. Check it out on the IBC website, indianabible.college. We hope to see you there. Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic ministers today. And this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Today on the podcast, we have our very own Reverend Jim Sleva. Brother Sleva is no stranger to the podcast. If you've been through Indiana Bible College, you know Brother Sleva. He has been a missionary to Germany. He has been here serving faithfully at IBC for a number of years But his real passion is evangelism, urban missions, mentoring, discipling, and just being, in my opinion, one of the finest Christians I've met. Brother Sleva initiated and pushed forward a concept we now call Reality Week, where students go out and evangelize around the city for a period of time each year. Today, Brother Sleva gets into a number of topics helpful to young ministers, and even gives a little insight into how Reality Week got started. Let's get right to this interview with Reverend Jim Sleva. I think the theme of Brother Sleva's ministry, uh, as far as I can tell, is, of course, prayer, um, but then even uh, discipleship, in particularly helping like young uh, disaffected, <laughs> messed up uh, men. And so, do you like that? Do you think that's a fair categorization? or It's, it's pretty fair. And do you like it, I guess? I love it. Um, matter of fact, uh, it's an addiction. Uh, I, I suppose, and I, I tell a lot of people, I, I didn't really plan my life and figure out, like, I want to be this, I want to be that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then try to execute it. Uh, I think for most of my life, I accidentally back into God's will. And it's like, oh, this is cool, you know? <laughs> and it really kind of goes down that way. And so I'm, I feel it's really like a privilege that God's allowed me to accidentally back into his will and saying like, wow, he's pretty smart. Because it is, I love it. it uh, somehow when I was a kid, uh, it was always like, it's so hard to do the will of God, and you have to suffer, and you have to give, and oh, it's, and you'll give up all your fun, and you'll, you'll just suffer all your life to live for God, though, and it's worth it because you're going to live for God. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, to me, the biggest blast I ever could have had was doing God's will. Did I miss anything? Maybe a bunch of sin, but aside from that, it was like, um, I, I mean, yeah, it's way crazier and more fun than I ever could have had it. If I tried to do my own life, which I thought about that a few times, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, at least I'm glad I didn't as often as I probably could have. But anyway, yeah, it's, um, it's a living for God's a blast. I love it. I want to dig into that just a little bit because I think the common question is like, how do I find the will of God? How do I make sure I'm in the will of God? So for you, what does that feel like when you're, you know you're making a God decision versus a this is a me decision? I, I can't prove this biblically, but I think there's a lot of times when um, um, you're, you're approaching life, you go like, hmm, options, and you're looking at options. What's the will of God? 
the politically correct answer is always do God's will, not your will. So it's like there's, uh, I have to describe it as like there's several voices in my brain. And so there's my idea like, oh, this would really be fun because <laughs> it'd make you look good or whatever. And there's this other voice that's like, uh, and you know it's evil. It's just like, no, do this, 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 and this, and this. That'd be more fun. And then there's that like, other voice you're like, but that somehow feels right. And so it's trying to sift through which ones are just my flesh, which ones are God, which ones are the devil, and, um, and, and who's trying to trick me here. And so I think that um, learning which, one, which voice is which one. So how do you hear God? Uh, I, I say it this way. There's a little thing right here on me, maybe somewhere else on you. And he's either going, or it's going. And so when I ask, you know, like, wow, gosh, should I do that or not? And it's like, oh, that one's God. Or like, it's not. Um, I think you just have to, you have to take time and stop and say, okay, God, you know, which one? Yeah, no. What are we doing here? And that, uh, I mean, it's too oversimplified. You think I'm unspiritual now, but I think that's how you, you, you sort your way through life and making decisions. I remember you telling me one time that following God, it, it's like, it feels like peace and the devil can't manufacture peace. Mm. And you use the verse in Ephesians where let the peace of God rule your heart and mind. And I've always come back to that and said, that makes sense. So like when you're looking for this, that's like, it feels like peace. Is, yeah. um, on the topic of prayer, you teach theology of prayer here. Uh, what's, <laughs> what is prayer? Real simple. Prayer is communication with God. Uh, it's, uh, I talk to him, he talks to me. And, um, and so basically, the, that's what it's all about. So it's not like a duty you do. Uh, I'm not talking to you because it's my duty to do this. It's like, I, I want to communicate something. And I might have a question for you, or I might have a lot of questions for you, like how do these computers work? Or something else, I'm asking you questions and you ask me things. So we communicate, and sometimes we share fun things and whatever. And I think it's the same thing with God. It's like sometimes saying, God, what am I supposed to do about the situation? Or, ah, God, I need help. Or like, God, you're so cool. I just want to communicate with him. So it's, it's two-way communication, the simplified version. So somebody goes, they're, they're in that class. What, what's the one thing you're wanting them to catch or come away with? Um, what's it, let me ask you guys. I'm a teacher. I get to ask questions. Yeah. What's the greatest commandment in the Bible? Old Testament, New Testament, same one, just the biggest, most important question. It would be, I heard one person say it. Yeah, two people said it now. So it's to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So all of you out there who are, have significant others, how do you grow your relationship? By watching movies together? Uh, by playing golf together? How do you grow your relate? What's the one thing you do to really grow your relationship together if you really have a significant other? Buying presents. You talk. You communicate. What's prayer? What's the biggest commandment in the Bible? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, your, your key component is you have to have a relationship with God, get anywhere, do anything. Talk to him and have him talk to you. Hang out with him. 
not because you want something, but you want to know him. You want to love him. And that's how you grow your relationship with God is prayer. So to me, number one, blatant, blinking light. If you don't have this, you lost everything. It's not escape from hell. I really like that. So we're not primarily, you're communicating with God to know him, mm. not to ask for things or... Mm. You've heard, it, I, I don't know who said it, but you've heard it. You're seeking God's hand, like his provision. He's handing out presents today. Or are you seeking his face? I want to know him. I like it. I've, does anybody else, would you be honest and say, sometimes my prayers are like a God do this list? Yeah, it, it can become that. It's, but that's wonderful. So we're coming up on Reality Week, and you are the man of the hour for Reality Week. You don't claim it. Well, you're, you're, you're the man of the hour for Reality Week. Uh, and I think that that was your initiative, your, your inspiration. And you blame me for that. Well, <laughs> I, th I think it was. We'll blame you. What was your inspiration, or why does Reality Week exist? Honestly, um, it was at a, it was at a ministry retreat. I think I'm trying to think of the IBC thing or a ministers retreat for this Indiana. We're at a, um, Brother Mallory was speaking. At the end of the service, there was this God moment. I'm, and he inspired some faith, I guess, or something. And, um, and okay, this is gonna sound over-spiritualized, and you're gonna think, oh, how did that happen? That's weird. But I was just there, and it's like, as I'm praying, and it's just my regular thinking, so it wasn't like a sheet came down from heaven, like you know, Peter saw or something. Uh, but it was just like, I just saw tons of IBC students, and this is, you have to understand, this is when the gymnasium, as it was called back then, it was, uh, and this is back in the early 90s. Uh, what's now the chapel used to be uh, a, a basketball court, and it had two goals in it, and it was kind of primitive, and uh, it was kind of shabby, kind of run down. And I just saw tons of people leaving that room walking to Indianapolis. As students, we're just like, just going out. And man, I was like, I feel it still right now. I'm trying to describe it. It's like, mm -hmm, like a little spiritual vibe runs through. Yeah, I was like, okay, and there's, there's something big about that. Any more details? I don't know. I just knew that it was like that door uh, of the gym was open, walking, and young people just going out to Indianapolis, and it was re they were just preaching the gospel. What was the gymnasium? That's not even spiritual. I had no idea it was going to be someday a chapel. And, um, and so I remember thinking, man, how do we get students here to actually engage? So not just classroom education. That's one thing, classroom education. Like, why should you do this? This is what the Bible said. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, I'm taking notes and got it. I can memorize, I can pass the test now. But do we do it? And I remember that when you ever said, like, let's go out and witness, everyone's like, ah, I gotta work today. Or, oh, well, we're going to, and, you know, thousands of excuses. I'm trying to think. How do we actually get the feeling that we did something together as a group and we you know to accomplish the mission? So, number one, I blame God for the idea. Um, but two, um, how do you get rid of the excuses? I remember thinking, like, you know, if we just did it during class time, no one would say, oh, I gotta go to work. And so um, we actually, I, I threw that idea out at, at um, one of our in the year staff meetings and like, can we just have like a, a week where we just do outreach and just hands on, you just, 
And true, you're gonna knock on a lot of doors and people are gonna like, go away, I'm tired, I wanna answer the door. And so it's, a lot of, it's not like a real spectacular thing, but I think the experience of doing it, man, how many, uh, matter of fact, I wanna say almost the majority of young people that are walking to Bible school and say, I got a call to preach, I'm gonna evangelize the world, and that's really is their mission, they really want to, and never knocked on a door. It's like, you just gotta approach the person cold turkey. And so I think there's a need just, it's, of course my style of teaching is not a classroom with my charts. I don't have any charts. Uh, mostly it's like, hey, let's go do it, and we'll talk about what just happened to us. Which is probably more what Jesus did, right? <laughs> well, yeah, his iPhone was broke. <laughs> his iPhone was broke. Um, you know, I, I love that. That's so cool that you had that vision or idea before that was a chapel. That's, that's amazing. Um, you know, and I, this is not in our notes, but you know, how do you how do you like to evangelize to people? What are some things that you think are are just good principles that always work? Oof. Uh, one, pray. It's like okay, so God. I heard a guy say it this way. He says, if you if you kind of just ask God, like God, what do you want to do? And you recognize God wants to heal that person over there, or God wants to touch that person over there. And you just walk over there and show up, and it happens, it makes you look good. It's like you didn't do anything. You just have to show up where God's working, and it makes you look good. Evangelism, show up where God's working, and look like you know what you're doing. Because it's, um, it's not my idea of what I'm gonna, how I'm going to evangelize or something. It's really what God wants to do. So I, I want to say that for me, uh, and, and maybe different, I'm sure it's different for all other people probably, but for myself, it's like, if, if I can feel, number one, compassion for a situation, um, maybe might be a good time to throw this in. Um, if, you, if you feel like I'm called to a city, and how do I, what do I start? How do I get going? What, how, I know what my mission is, is this place, but what now? Or this person, but what now? One, you have to ask, well, what is the need here? And so if you see like, well, uh, there's a lot of violence here, or they're economically depressed, there's a lot of physical needs, or uh, there's a lot of frustration and, or fear. Ask, what's the need? And then saying, God, would you put in my hand that can help that need? So for the children of Israel, we need to escape Israel, uh, Egypt. That's the need. What's the problem? Well, I got an army chasing me down, and there's a river in my way. What's in my hand? A rod. And God works. So if you take what God's put in your hand to try to meet the need, it's like if you're faithful with what you have, it increases your talents. You turn your five into ten, two into one. If you don't use what you have, it goes away. So I, I think the, for evangelism, for me, the, need, the important thing is to say, God, from your point of view, what is the need? And if I can feel compassion in my heart, like, oof, here's a person struggling. Here's someone who wants commit suicide, here's someone who's addicted, or here's someone who is a pretender, but they're all empty inside. That's the need, God, how do you, how do you want to fix this? And say, God, will you put in my hand that I can help? And if I would just utilize that, it's like it becomes, it, be, it grows it. 
I'm, I'm sure you've done that a lot in your ministry, but there's one instance I'm thinking of, which we had Pastor Lopez in here to do an interview. And I think that you, your first connection with him was fixing his car. Mm. <laughs> Can you just give us that story? So I suppose it was a little longer bit of the story was um, Brother Lopez's mom started coming to church and she asked, like, can you help my son maybe do a Bible study or something with him? I thought, I'm kind of into that. And so um, I went to the house to do a Bible study with Joaquin. And um, uh, while I'm there, I realized he has a brother because he and all the homies all came in, all gangstered up and thugged out and whatever, and they acting all hard and stuff. And when they saw me, a preacher, old dude, and I'm corrupting his younger brother, who he would want probably to be a gang member, it's like I got mugged. Like It was like, and I just felt like, okay, I'm not loved here. <laughs> I'm not feeling the love in this room. And he just, he and the homies just walked upstairs, I mean, just stormed upstairs and just, and I remember thinking, okay, so that's my first encounter with Brother Lopez. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, we're not off to a good start. Um, and um, yeah, and so every time he's around, it's like, like, I hate you for being in my house. It's like, I, I realized I was not a welcome person. So I'm thinking, well, I'd like to fix that too. I mean, there's a need here. Um, there's a whole bunch of guys that could use Jesus. So how do you build a bridge to someone who already hates you, mugs you every time they see you? It's like I'm the opposite, I'm the enemy. Um, so it was kind of like, um, well, he, at first, I'm, I'm leaving the house after a Bible study, and he and all the homies are all around their car, and they're all mad, I'm like, stupid car, I'm griping about something. I, so I don't want to act like a know-it-all, because I am already know I'm not loved, and you know, I'm discounted in a whole lot of ways, and so I says, um, mm, something broke. And uh, they go, yeah, stupid thing won't start. And, uh, so, we, and I, so I'm trying not to act like a know-it-all. I think I may I know a little bit about cars. And so uh, I said, and they said, yeah, we, AutoZone said to change this, we changed that. They said change this, we changed that, and changed that. So I asked for permission. I said, you mind if I try something? And they go like, yeah, can't hurt anything, I guess, you know? So. Um, it, it happened, I was suspicious that the solenoid was bad, so I took a screwdriver, I mean, actually a pair of pliers, and I jumped it, and the cars are going, ring, 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 what'd you do, what'd you do, how'd you do, how'd you do that, you know? And so all of a sudden, I'm gaining credibility. It's like, okay, maybe, you know. So um, I, when the car got fixed, they were kind of like, suspicious, like, mm, okay. So I got to at least that level. And then later, they were saying like, uh, hey, you know anything about putting in car stereos? And um, yeah, probably could. So it, it got to be that way. They actually started talking to me, and they were, they were up a creek. I mean, they, the car wouldn't go. They, had, they were stuck with me. That's all they had for an alternative. AutoZone had failed them several times. So, yeah, and that, the rest is history. I think that we often look at ministry like it's we aspire to be what we know is in the box. But what, what advice would you give? to these young people or, or even not so young ministers getting into ministry? When you view ministry, you can say, oh, here's this, I want to become that, and that's my image, and I want to learn how to role play that. I want to copy people. I want to, and it's copy. That's wrong. It's got to be real. And so I'm inspiring <laughs> to let the Jesus out of me that's in there. I'm aspiring 
that he filled me with the Holy Ghost and it will give me boldness, it will give me words to say that that's not in my brains, that I didn't learn off a chart or I learned, I, I need to learn things, I'm not against education, but I think what it is, I just gotta be a real person. And if I'm on a bicycle or if I'm in a pulpit or I'm standing before a youth congress of thousands, I just gotta be real. So aspire, aspire to say, Jesus, could you turn your light on real bright inside me today? I want to allow you to be as bright as you want to be, that it leaks out of me and people notice it and will want to say, hmm, what's that I feel? What do I see? What, what's going on? And they're asking me questions. So I'm not trying to cram something down them that they're not asking about. I want them to be so, have their appetite so wet that they're, they're trying to pull it out of you. So wherever you're at, my aspiring minister, whatever it's, wherever you're at, if you're on a boat, if you're on a vacation, if you're in a pulpit, if you're under your car working on it, or if you're um, hitchhiking, whatever you're doing. I just want to be, I want Jesus to be coming out of me. I want to just say, Lord, you just shine out wherever you're at. So it could be a marketplace, it could be anywhere. Awesome. Can we thank Brother Sleva for being here with us today? Do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Jesus, I... I feel like, Lord, not only just in this class, but there's people that were, will watch this at some future time. I want to start with them because I feel it. Would you somehow let them know, God, that they just need to run after you if they seek you with all their heart, and even this class here as well. If we just really seek to know you, that we talk to you in prayer, we're not even trying to accomplish something. We're not asking to get something. We're not trying to become a, some job description that we're trying to fulfill, but... We just want to know you, and because we know you, people can feel that you're with us and that you're in us, and that you've affected our personality, you've affected our conversation, you've affected everything about us because we're in love with you. I, I pray that that would just be so conspicuously obvious to the world that's around us, that they would be beating our doors down, asking us for help uh, to, to find out what makes us different, and it'd be that we can introduce you to them, and that'd be the greatest thing, God that we could introduce a world that's so hurting to such an awesome God like you are and they could recognize how much that you love them. I thank you for your help. We can't do it in our own strength. We'll, we'll mess it up royally if we try to make it happen for you. But we just simply in faith trust you to be a God when we have no clue what to do. That's when you work the best. And so I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes. Amen. Amen. Fall Preview Weekend registration is open right now. It's open to the first 100 people who register. We are capping this event at 100 people, and registration closes October 15th. Check it out on the IBC website, indianabible.college. We hope to see you there. Good news to all the musicians and worship leaders who use multi-tracks. The Welcome Home album multi-tracks are now available on the IBC store. That was formerly voicevision.com. It is now the IBC store accessible at store.indianabible.college. There are multi-tracks, chord charts from Welcome Home as well as previous albums. Check it all out at the IBC store.